It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, welcome to Talent Talk. Thank you for joining me. I am uh, live in studio, which is doesn't always happen, but I'm glad to be here. And I'm really excited about our two guests today. They are two people that I you know, know in advance, which is always a kind of a, an extra little, I think, added benefit if I've you know worked with them and talked with them um, to kind of really elevate our conversation today. So we'll get to them in just a minute. But if this is the first time you happen to be tuning in, or maybe it's been a little while, welcome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And you know, the reason it really exist is I love to ask people questions. I love to find out what they're doing, what they're thinking about, what's important to them, what I might be able to learn from them so I might get better and grow or help my business. And I've been doing that for so long that someone along the way said, you should probably start doing this on the radio instead of just doing it one-on-one. And that kind of gives us the great opportunity to share and, and help everyone else be a part of that conversation and listen in on, you know, the kind of cool conversations we're having with some really top people. Some people are thinking about talent, thinking about leadership, that are in the trenches doing it themselves or helping other people do it. And um, I think it's really, really important that we, we, we listen to their stories and hear what we can about what they're doing, what their journey is, and how they're growing. And some of the best stories of the last uh, five years I've been doing the show are in my first book, a bestseller now, The Power of Company Culture. Love to have you check that out on Amazon or wherever you buy books. The book is really just filled with all these stories from great guests, everyone, you know, head of people from Southwest and head of HR from uh, General Motors, all these really kind of cool people talking about all the things that they're doing, along with, you know, really practical stories of people who are, you know, maybe only leading a team of two or three, right? What are their challenges? And so it kind of runs the spectrum. Uh, Talent Talk is live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, We really appreciate those of you tuning in live, but most of you get us afterwards, right? You get us on the podcast, iTunes, or you listen on iHeartRadio. Please subscribe there. Don't forget to check out other episodes. A big thank you to everyone who's tuning in. I think there's over 40,000 of you a day right now are popping in and uh, listening to a show. So really appreciate our audience and everyone who's doing that. If you have a question for one of my guests, one of the areas that we're really trying to to grow in here as a as a show is to have more interaction on Twitter and talking about some of the great things that are being said. So if you hear something and you want to contribute, you want to give your opinion, you think someone's right, they're wrong, whatever, go to Twitter at PeopleG2. Look for that hashtag Talent Talk. My producer Mike is live feed live tweeting, excuse me, right now as the show goes on. But you can always find it after the fact. Uh, look for the, maybe that guest name or at people G2, and you can add in your uh, contribution at any point that you've heard the show. All right, let's go ahead and talk about my guest today. My first one will be Rachel McGee. She's the co-founder and director of travel for Rebel and Connect. Uh, and then we'll bring in uh, Gus Van, Ven- uh, Van Dender, excuse me, the CEO of Connected. Uh, Gus will be joining me at the second half of the show after our quick commercial break. 
But let's go ahead and get to my buddy, uh, my first guest, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so awesome to chat with you. It's been almost a year since I've seen you, which is wild. I know. I can't believe it's been a year since you dragged me all the way to some crazy lake out in the middle of nowhere next to an erupting volcano in the middle of Guatemala. You know, that's we got to push those comfort zones, man. And how right. beautiful was the lake, though? The lake was spectacular. Um, the erupting <laughs> volcano was beautiful until we realized that people were literally dying from, you know, the lava coming out of it. But for a moment, it was this really beautiful, wonderful sight. So, yeah. <laughs> this is true. Mother, Mother Nature uh, can throw you some doozies. Yeah. But we had this incredible conference, which I'm sure we can get to uh, a little bit later, about remote work and um, with a lot of really cool people. And it's been, I would say it's one of those conferences that um, I came away with maybe the most amount of, like, long-term friends and connections that I have stayed in touch with. Maybe it was the journey, maybe it was the volcano or the lake or the yoga up on, you know, the top of a mountain. But, you know, a lot of the, the, that, the conference itself was such high impact, I think, for those people that attended, which I go to a lot of conferences, and that's not always the case. So let's maybe kind of back up here for a second and let tell everyone about yourself, what's important for us to know, and of course, tell us more about, you know, what the, the vision is and what you're doing with Rebel and Connect. For sure, I'd love to. So, well, I'm Rachel, and I, I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, but the company Rebel and Connect is actually based out of Colorado, so we are a remote team ourselves, and my co-founder, Summer Wyrick, she's based in Colorado, and we met <laughs> on an airplane, so we love travel, and we love meeting people that we actually do connect with on a deeper level, be it through travel or something else, so that's really what our passions are are in. And so when we founded Rebel and Connect, um, we saw with the growing trend of remote work, granted, yes, telecommuting, that sort of thing has been around for years, but there's no denying uh, the laptop lifestyle trend going on all over the world. People just love that flexibility to, to work from wherever, take care of themselves as they need to. And companies are seeing just the many benefits, both social, economic, environmental benefits of this remote work. So Rebel and Connect was founded surrounding that goal of bringing people together to make those authentic connections. And we focus on working with remotely distributed teams. So we service clients all around the globe. And what we're about is really facilitating those deep and meaningful connections through events and experiences that really rebel against the cookie cutter, one retreat fits all type of event. So, so we do custom company retreats, fully custom. When when we say custom, we mean it. <laughs> so that's that's what we're about. And I mean, I'm from Atlanta, born and raised. My background is in hospitality and service, as well as travel. And that's what led me to founding Rebel and Connect. I, I really have never wanted to work for someone. I've always had the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit my mom and my sister and i've had a successful business in atlanta for 20 years now working with children but that's in a nutshell rebelling connect and rachel mcgee <laughs> well you know you we, you kind of talked about travel there amongst many other fascinating things but that may be the 
area we can start with because we both share a love of travel and it, it fascinates me how I end up you know, making these really close connections or these really good friends with people that maybe I only get to see once every four or five years in person, but maintain this sort of relationship with because we are connected in this this way around travel and and sharing in each other's journeys, right, as we see where they're going and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about travel for you that can, can we feel like lays that foundation for deep and authentic connections between people? For sure. Well, I think there's really three parts to it. So travel is one of i feel the the fastest ways to connect to self connect to others and connect to our planet as a whole so when it comes to using travel to connect to self what it what travel allows us to do is get outside of of our norm you know we have this routine that we can fall into we live in a certain place we work in a certain place and when we get out and see the world we're going to gain a new perspective and a new insight on the world, yes, but then also it's going to reflect back on a new perspective and insight about ourselves. You know, you're in unknown territory sometimes. Travel can really test your ability to adapt, as you touched on with some of the the things thrown at us in Guatemala last year. You know, it really can see how how you're able to adapt in new situations, which can be applied to work, to be applied back in your home life, because life is is not predictable. And, you know, I've got um, a really great story. I'm forgetting where the source is from, but I've got a quote I wanted to share that's true. Recalling a multicultural learning experience facilitates idea flexibility, meaning the ability to solve problems in multiple ways. It increases awareness of underlying connections and association. And overall, multicultural learning is an important mechanism by which foreign living experiences lead to creative enhancement. So it really just awakens the creative mind getting out and seeing the world. And then with connecting to others through travel, it gets us out of our comfort zone. So when when you're out of your comfort zone, you're a bit more vulnerable. Some walls that you maybe have up that you're not even aware you have up are naturally broken down. And that's when bonds get get formed that are really unbreakable. You you form a deeper sense of generalized trust is what it's called. And so generalized trust is basically the overall trust of humanity. You get to see, and I, you know, travel isn't perfect. Of course, there are some experiences that I've even had that weren't positive, but I just choose to focus on those moments when I, when I connect with someone, be it for a moment or for a full week or a month, um, and, and it's a positive experience. And that's those deep bonds that are formed by breaking down those walls. And then connection to the planet, I feel it's obvious, but you know, I won't assume the listeners do it as well, but when we get out onto this planet and explore it, we're going to be reminded that we're all part of a bigger picture. There's a bigger plan, and when we remember that we're just a tiny little dot on this massive planet that's actually a tiny rock floating through space, we begin to to remember that there's this big oneness that we're that we're all a part of. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think you're kind of touching on a lot of things for me that, you know, resonate that you you kind of you go to this new place and you realize how different the the scenery is and, and the environment and the culture and everything and you realize that, you know, your little world and the, all the little things that are going on and are so unimportant in this new place, right? And it kind of gives you some good perspective. And at the same time, 
you are reminded about how similar we are as human beings, right? That we, there's certain basic things that we love and that we cherish and that we think are important. Um, And even though the the buildings might look different and maybe I don't have giant, you know, rainforest like, uh, you know, things here where I live, but that I'm in some new place or, you know, maybe I'm on some beautiful beach or whatever the the place is. Right. Or even, you know, some giant city where you have this incredible like energy um, of of, of people. And so you kind of realize this juxtaposition of these two ideas of this is so different than what I'm used to. And they don't give a crap about the crap I'm thinking about. But at the same time, we're all kind of really connected in some way. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and if you kind of then take a step backwards and say, well, how does that relate to ourselves? I often find when I travel that I'm more in a, and I don't want to get too touchy-feely here, but more in a meditative side of a state because I'm not being bombarded by my daily you know, requirements and, and people asking me to do things and my routines and, you know, all the things. And suddenly I'm on an airplane or I'm in a four hour bus ride from the airport to our location in Guatemala. Um, but, you know, just this sort of, you know, you have time to think, you have time to like, you know, de-stress and allow things to come into your head that you don't maybe weren't allowing yourself to think about otherwise. Does, this, right. you know, does some of that kind of connect with what your experiences as well? Oh, of course. And I mean, you know, it's kind of like those noisy to-dos drift away. It's not that they're not important, but, you know, I mean, especially as a female, I don't know if you've ever heard of Alison Armstrong and her work, but not to say that men don't have noise in their head, but as a female, we we naturally have a bit more noise in our head because of this gatherer mindset. I don't know if you've been in my brain, but I'll have to believe you. But, okay, go on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what I'm getting at, men, according to science and in terms of, I don't want to digress, men truly are able to think of nothing and Mm -hmm. naturally think of nothing. When I'm in my home, the dirty dishes are noise in my head. The socks on the floor are noise in my head. The laundry, there's so much noise around And when I'm in a different country or even in a different city, you know, just a drive away in a hotel room that I'm not responsible for, there's just quiet and peace. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I also do have a meditation practice, so that helps. Right, right, right. But yes, I mean, travel, and I really do want to echo one more time what you said about, yes, the environment, the city, the country that you're in might be different, but I love how traveling really highlights how similar we all are and Mm -hmm. that brings it back to the oneness that i was talking about um we're all just people floating through space on a big rock right right well so let's kind of turn this in a little bit into work and so how do you think this type of you know thinking about these things and this type of connection and whether it's travel it's remote work whether it's um, maybe you're a digital nomad, maybe you are a remote worker working in a home, maybe you're a service professional, whatever it may be. How does some of the things that we can kind of learn from what you're focusing on really turn to strengthen maybe a company's culture? For sure. Well, in terms of strengthening a company's culture, first a, a company has to be clear on what their culture is, and that's where I'd definitely say to read your book, connect with some of the experts on just creating and sustaining a company culture. And so once you're clear on that company culture, when you travel, I'll, I want to speak specifically with traveling with your team. Um, you know, when, when you get together as a team, I spoke about when you're in a new city or a new country in a new space, you're out of your comfort zone. And that's when you're able to get vulnerable. And when that happens together, 
when these these walls are broken down, the bonds are going to be created between your team members that just can't be broken. It's like like what you said with with our event in Guatemala last year. Yes, there were some <laughs> acts of mother nature that weren't ideal um, that maybe caused some even stronger bonds. But when we're pushed out of our comfort zone and however far you, you want to push your travelers is up to you or your team members, um, but when you push those boundaries, you're going to connect authentically. And that's in turn, I do want to touch on authenticity a little bit as well, um, because with remote work and digital nomad life, laptop lifestyle, whether you're a remote worker, employee, leader of a remote company, it's so important to remain authentic and, and clear with what your company culture is about and stay authentic and true to that. Because with remote work, it's, it's almost easier to be authentic, but also easy to kind of hide and fake it as well. To, to be clear on that, I'm talking, you know, when you show up for a video call, is your company culture you need to act like you're in a suit, like you are in an office? Or is it realistic one of the reasons that you do have a remote work lifestyle is so that you can be comfort comfortable and be working, you know, you're getting the job done no matter what <laughs> what you're wearing. So how can you show up authentically and then the travel piece to bring it back to that? Right. Um, and what's fascinating about what you guys are doing is that you're taking, you know, a team that maybe is completely spread out and is living sort of this this life that we're talking about, right? Where they can work anywhere, right. they can have these different, you know, experiences, but it's actually bringing them together it, where they can, you know, stand next to each other or hug or hold hands or whatever is appropriate for their culture um, and be next right. to each other, right? And that's something that we take for granted in, you know, in a typical brick and mortar company where people are together all the time but aren't really connected. Um, but I think in either instance, using a company like yours to maybe plan some sort of an event, right, to take them somewhere, take them out of their comfort zone, whatever that is, and go have an experience together in a really kind of customized way allows them that time to reflect, to think, to what, what, to meditate, to, you know, um, let the noise go away and then really think about what's important. And I, I think that's really great that, you know, as, as, as it's a really a big need, whether companies see that or not, but I think it's something that they should really be thinking about um, and especially thinking about a company like yours to do such a thing. Yeah, well, and, and it's wild. I mean, one of our clients right now, some of them have been working together for five years and they've never met face-to-face -face. i mean aside from video calls right and and even some of them depending on time zones aren't on video calls with each other that often so it's really incredible to see what happens when you get people together and it's also tricky and like you said that's why hiring us is great because you've got specific goals you want to reach when you bring people together and so to keep that intention clear and focused can really help make the travel time and the face-to-face -face time even more impactful. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that uh, those that listen to the show that are also maybe remote leaders or remote champions, uh, they might consider coming out to uh, Croatia in September, which I think is your next big event. And I'm, uh, it is. I'm honored to be speaking there again. Um, well, who knows what I'll be, what stupid thing I'll say on stage, but we'll, I'll be there saying <laughs> something. And uh, why don't you tell them a little bit more about that event? You know, who's, who's kind of the person that you want to come and, and 
you know, what should they be thinking about? For sure. Yeah. So we're really excited to be doing a second annual big event. It's Remote Leadership Summit. So it's a retreat style conference for remote leaders. So what we're doing is bringing remote leaders together. We, we felt there was a gap in the in the event space. There's a lot of events out there for digital nomads, for remote employees, remote workers. But we wanted to really find a way to bring these company leaders and business owners together to discuss the specific challenges and struggles, as well as successes that come through leading a successful remote team. And it's going to be in Biograd, Namaru, Croatia, which is just on the coast of Croatia. It's in September the 12th through the 16th. We are super excited to have you back, Chris. And what we're going to be tackling are company culture, like we talked about a little on this interview, business development, team management, and networking as a remote professional, and so much more. And there's going to be adventuring in nature. We're, we're really going to be touching on this work, play, rest, harmony, and making valuable connections. You know, I, I keep saying the word connection, but I just love making true connections. And we want those connections to carry through outside of the event. So we were really pleased to hear that that was probably the biggest piece of positive feedback from the event in Guatemala. And we learned ourselves, you know, Croatia's event, we are not pushing you guys as far out there in terms of remote travel locations as we did in Guatemala. So the location is a hotel and spa on the coast. It's going to be beautiful. The ticket includes your accommodations on site. And I mean, our lineup includes Celine Williams is coming back. We're excited. She's got a new book coming out called Remotional Intelligence, which I could talk all day on that. I love talking emotions and and that good stuff. But um, we're also going to be really talking about the human piece of remote work. So it's it can be easy sometimes to pick a piece of technology or some software that solves a problem kind of temporarily or at the surface level. But we really want to dig deep and and discover the human solutions for the remote work challenges and remote leadership challenges. And, and certainly I think that's all going to be a part of that uh, experience, and I'm excited to check out Croatia. Um, Guatemala was fun. Um, it was sort of a, I think it'll probably be a different experience. If there's going to be a spa at this one, then, you know, we all deserve to be pampered a little bit. So that'll be a nice uh, addition. But looking forward to it and to seeing um, all my old friends and making a lot of new ones. And, you know, if someone is considering it, I think this is, you know, I, I, I sometimes shy a little bit on giving recommendations to conferences because everyone has a different experience. But Certainly the people that you will meet are very likely to be this really high-level type of a person that uh, you may continue a connection with, whether it's a friendship or a business relationship for a long time, and that's been really valuable. So thank you so much, uh, Rachel, for being on the show, and hopefully we can have you come back at some point and give us an update or maybe a little uh, a little uh, post-conference wrap-up or something later on in the year. But uh, so glad we got to catch up on that here on the radio. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to see you in September. All right, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break, and we'll bring in my second guest, Gus Van Dender. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months, and the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. 
At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly through our online system or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to Talent Talk Radio Show. My next guest is Gus Van Dender. He's the CEO of Connected. As a reminder, don't forget, you can go to TalentTalkRadio.com and find out all about us. You can subscribe there. iTunes, iHeartRadio, all of that. And of course, we want to hear you hear all about what you think about the show on Twitter. At PeopleG2 is where we live tweet all of our shows. You can also search by the hashtag TalentTalk to find us and anything else being said. But let's go ahead and bring in my bus uh my buddy, I almost said bus. bus. My bus, Gus. That is stupid. But Gus on the bus. Th- you do this all the time when you're on radio. You just say stupid things. So, my buddy, Gus. Gus, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> me. It's a little intimidating to be like in a real studio. In a real studio. Yeah. With, there's a lot of it going on in here, too. Yeah, I mean, no. this is like Paul's brain. Like 10% of Paul's brain, our engineer, uh, in this room. But, uh, yeah. So, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what's important for us to know, and you know what you're doing over there at Connected. What I do is actually, um, I've, I've been a business consultant for a long time because I'm, I'm really passionate about business and creating good experiences, not just for the clients, but also for the employees. So this year, early this year, um, one, because I was asked to do so uh, by, by Facebook, but also because I figured out what, what is really important in, inside of companies is the people. Right. And and for the longest time, I had been helping business owners grow their their business by focusing on revenue or sales or mm-hmm. marketing. And, and it all always kind of left me with like a hollow feeling of, OK, we're making more money. But where does that leave us? Right. right. As as a business owner, uh, my client, for me, I did accomplish some cool stuff we're making more money, but then where, where does that leave the employees, right? Mm-hmm. Where does that leave the most important part of the business? So working with, with Facebook and, and their enterprise platform called Workplace gave me this outlet to like do the same thing, but focus on something different inside of the business, AKA the people and creating an experience for them that is more engaging and more fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just want to, I want to eradicate this, this, um, this disease of disengaged employees and, and having people go to work because they just need the paycheck. All right. Well, what kind of brings this sense of passion for you? You know, I mean, you might even, some might even call it an obsession, right? With yeah. culture and community with inside of an organization. Because it's, you know, it's a probably pretty easy gig to go in and help people twist a few things, move things over here, and suddenly you can get your revenue up, you can get your profits up. But working on the culture part yeah. is not easy, no. right? It's and hard. it's not one size fits all, and you you know humans are messy and complicated and and rewarding all the same thing. So where does that passion come from for you? Yeah, as you as you can probably tell, I have an accent, right? 
I'm, I'm originally from Belgium, right? from Europe. There's I think it's so funny, first of all, that you have to say Europe, which is, this is sad for us, America, that he has to qualify that Belgium is in Europe. But, okay, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, north of France, south of Holland. <laughs> oh, yeah, that place Germany. on that map. Got yeah, it. yeah, okay. close to Germany. I know, it's funny, right? But, but that, that actually brings me to my story, right? Moving here as, as a European obviously showed me that there are a lot of cultural differences. And especially in my experience, because I look the same, people also expected me to be the same. Mm, right. Right? And if I have a different color skin, or I, it, it's obvious that I'm from a different country, you expect different cultural habits or, or right. you know, behavior. For me, that wasn't the case, right? So that, that got me into, in, inside of business and the prof- my professional life in particular, got me in, into really interesting situations, right? I, I can remember a meeting where, where I just got really excited and, and, you know, I use my hands and my arms to talk and, and <laughs> when I'm passionate about something, right, I right. show it, right? right. And, and I'm sitting there in front of my newly, you know, s- you know my staff, you know, there's 20 people there that I was in charge of now and they thought i was angry i was going to fire everybody they were like crawling under their desk they had no idea what was going on and i just i was just so energized and excited about the thing that we were going to implement and and so it's just for me to to experience that coming having a different cultural background and then tying that to business that's that's just what keeps me you know, excited and, and figuring out how, how we can fix that mm. inside of companies. And then right. also just because of the landscape, you know, you, you know, probably as well as I do, we're, we're, we're getting more and more different generations inside of one company. Right. We're getting different people from different cultural backgrounds inside of one organization. We, we have this gig economy going on. We have, you know, the world is becoming a lot smaller. We have people working in the Philippines and Mexico and in, in Romania, like all over the place. So this topic and conversation of culture is, is becoming even more apparent and even more important to make organizations flow and, and work. So if you look at, you know, uh, as you sort of describe the world becoming a smaller place. So inside of workplaces, we have the probably the most diverse workplace uh, we've ever had, right? Yep. Whether it's physically people in your office being more diverse or the fact that you're working with teams from all around the world, right? Yep. This is a completely different atmosphere than any town USA where it was you and your the five families you know really well all working together, right? Which yep. is not that long ago that that no. was the scenario. And then you have, I think it's five generations coming up and potentially six generations all working together in the same place, Um, albeit sometimes very well, sometimes not very well. There's a lot of complexity there just on a human level, right? Not even talking about what it is the CEO or the leadership team has to do to try to set the right mission and the right values for an organization. You just have like messy human stuff. At a, at a new level that it's never been at. So if you're going to go in, if we're going to talk about how to, what, what, you know, to help a culture, what needs to be in place as a starting point, do you think, for any organization to just you know, support a good company culture, strong culture? Yeah, I've, I've summarized that in, in what I call the five pillars of, of what supports a company, a strong company, engaged culture. And right? you have five, right? There's five. Because yeah, I have, have some... seven. So that does that mean know. I'm better? Yeah, you are. Or more complicated? Of course. You're the, you, that makes you know, it more complicated. You run this show, <laughs> not me. <That's... laughs> All right, let him. What's your five? <laughs> yeah, so my, my five are, one, 
servant leadership. Meaning, you know, well, there's there's different explanations for that word, but for me, it means somebody who's really passionate about serving others through what they know, what they've experienced. That that brings authenticity, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the that's the number one thing. I mean, you can share values, but but if it's not real, if it's not something you lived and you learned, then it's hard to you know to be a servant leader and to right. really show that you care about your people and your clients, right? The second one is growth journey. People gravitate to a journey, an experience, right? And if if you can constantly show that there's growth an opportunity available for your people, for your staff, then they're going to stay engaged. They're, they're going to stay aligned with what you are presenting them with, right? And the third one I call collective individualism, where even as a collective, subscribing to the same value and going towards the same targets, there still needs to be a, an, a feeling of, okay, I'm an individual and I matter. Whether I'm a woman or a man or black or white or yellow, whatever, I am an individual with individual needs and individual ideas and individual thoughts and, and values and what have, what have you. So we need to create an environment where that is recognized, right. right? And where people feel like, okay, I am part of this tribe, this group for a particular reason, but I still matter as an individual mm-hmm. as well, right? So that, that's the third one. Then the fourth one I call, um, w- when I talk about culture, I really look at group habits, Right. Um, it's a different definition, but it comes down to the same thing, right? So we have to create group habits. And, and what that instills is this idea of, okay, I belong to this group and we have certain habits here. Like we wear a specific t-shirt or we do this weird handshake or whatever, right? right? It's a group habit and that, that's what creates a feeling of belonging to, to a group. And then the fifth one I call a current relevance where, you know, I can tell you stories from 20 years ago, but if I can't make that relevant today, then what's the point, right? So if, if what we do and what we deliver and, and what we, we are involved in and engaged with is not current or, and or relevant, then people are just going to be like, I, I don't want to subscribe to this as, as an employee right. or as a client, right? right? So those are the five, the five key so, elements for me. So maybe kind of we kind of springboard off of that uh, last one, right? We're making it relevant. I mean, we see a lot of leaders that you know try to make their culture look like or feel like or just kind of take a carbon copy of a Google or a Facebook or something, yeah. right? Which isn't really applicable to their organization. They're no. not doing the same thing, they're not selling the same thing, they don't have the same people. I mean, I make a joke about it in my book about not n- few of us have all the money and the sexiness to get all those incredible people that Google can get, right? Mm-hmm. So trying to build a culture for that group of people, for your people, is it's just apples and oranges. And so yeah. So what happens when a company kind of takes this approach? I mean, have you, have you seen examples of what happens to their culture when they try to just say, well, that thing's good, let's just do that here? Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen that. And what, what, I, what I always say is, is culture is not created. It just is, right? Because you are born somewhere, you're going to be part of a specific culture and you're going to adopt certain habits. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I if I were to imagine if I try to bring the American culture to Belgium and see what would happen, it wouldn't work. Right. Because you're trying to recreate or force certain habits down on people that they didn't subscribe to just because they're there. 
Right. right? So if, if you're looking at Google and Facebook and, you know, we need bean bags and ping pong tables, well, why? <laughs> right. That, that doesn't make sense because your culture inside of your company just is. It's there based on the people you've hired and based on how you show up every morning in, inside of the office. Yeah. So it's not something you create. It's something that, that just exists. And there's a way to morph that into something that serves you better. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that what works for Google is going to work for you. Right. Right. And then you can kind of simplify this. I've seen this when I travel. If you happen to be somewhere when uh, a holiday that's very specific to your country occurs while you're traveling. Mm -hmm. Like I was in London one time on the 4th of July. Right. So this is a big day. We're really celebrating our independence from England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And there was only one place that had like American flags and we're trying to do a celebration. It was just a it was a pub trying to make money off Americans coming in. Right? But everyone else was completely ignoring the fact that it's the 4th of July, which is like one of the biggest holidays in America. Mm -hmm. But to your point, you can't I couldn't just show up and be like, hey, guys, ready? Here's the sparklers. Let's have a barbecue. Let's do And they'd be like, for what again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not that they can't celebrate the idea of celebrating something it certainly can resonate but that specific thing is too specific to, to where i come from or what what's happening over here as opposed to that new group of people yeah so it's it's i think it's important what can you learn from something what can you learn from google what can you learn from facebook and then what what still resonates what can you take and maybe incorporate and what, what do you got to let go right what you got to kind of filter out that doesn't apply that doesn't mm -hmm. work uh, the idea of celebrating the idea of being with your family those are concepts from fourth of july that would transfer anywhere right but the specific customs and rituals and things that you do on that day in most of the places you know anywhere else in the world don't work. work at all no <laughs> and and that comes down to to you know what culture really is right like i said it, it's certain habits right it's not it, it it's not the tactics or the practical applications that that matter mm -hmm. it's just the fact that you as a leader show that you care and you want to create an environment that fits the people that you have working with you. Right. Right. So it, it's not a it's not only about, hey, are you aligned with what I want to build and my values and my, and my my goals and my targets? It's also do we fit as a as a community? And because we're going to spend a lot of time together. Right. So it's not you know, like you said, like the example that you gave, it's not about the flag that I'm waving. It's about the celebration of a specific event, mm -hmm. right? We in Belgium we have July twenty first. Same thing, same idea, but right. it's a it's a different day. Different right? day, and we different, do different meaning. Right. Right, right, right. We have January sixth. We have a uh, Three Kings Day, right? People make pancakes and kids go out and it, yeah. that that wouldn't work here. No, right? So it's the same thing. You can't you can't just I mean, take... I'll, eat, I'll eat pancakes, but yeah, I know. I don't know about the Three Kings, so yeah, yeah I'll, I can teach you the song. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sing for a for a quarter. For a quarter, yeah. I I have a feeling that there will be lots of beer involved before I might <laughs> learn that song correctly. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, at the one at the end of the day, I mean, you talked about your your pillars. Uh, we heard a lot of really good similarities of things that we've talked about on the show before, so I think they really resonate. But is there is there something you know fundamental that makes a culture successful? I mean, aside from the pillars, I mean, is it strong leadership? Is it that people are all you know sort of I hate to use this term, but rowing the boat in the same direction, right? Mm -hmm. What what is that kind of overarching big concept thing that needs to be happening for them to be successful? I think what is the key point here that I, that I want to drive home is that 
everybody in the organization needs to understand that culture and profit are related. Mm, right. And we tend to forget that. And th just from my experience as a business consultant, not focusing on that enough, getting results, yes, but then realizing, wait a second, if I just focus on my people and I focus on building that culture and I focus on making them more engaged, guess what's going to happen? It drives profit. Yeah. Right? It, and and that, that's the key thing here. Not even looking at the tactics and 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 the practical application of all of this, you focus on your people, that's going to drive profit. It's going to drive growth. And there's so many studies around that, right? There's so much proof point to that. Yes. That the companies that have these great cultures, that work on culture, they outperform in their industries, they're more profitable. I mean, all, all these things. Yeah. And yet, I noticed this phenomenon that the companies that typically will call me and want to consult, want me to help them and do these things, they tend to be B plus, A minus in culture, right? Mm. They're already pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I always find it fascinating because I would love to be working with the companies that are getting like a D plus, <laughs> right? Maybe not the Fs, but, you know, they're just really struggling. They really don't get it. And yet... They are just, they're not anywhere near in the headspace. They could mm -hmm. not be, you know, any farther away from ever wanting my help or anyone's help yep. to get their cultures better. They just don't get it. So, yep. you know, it's, it, it's, it's like those kids who have a really good SAT score and they go to SAT class like afterwards, right? And you're like, isn't that's gonna already going to get you into school? No, I want to get a little bit better, right? And, and it's that mindset of getting a little bit better and always wanted to, to, to tinker with something or learn something new that I think is a part of that mindset. Yep. Uh, for I, I totally agree. And, and that's also why I, I make that like the overarching idea, right? Because I, I'm not, I'm not actually sold on the idea of bad and, and good culture. The culture, like I said, culture just is right. right. So we can't really, I don't even think we can grade a culture. It's just, does it contribute to the growth of the company? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then there's room for improvement. But that doesn't mean that the culture in that company is bad. It just is, right? right. It, it, that's the way they operate. These are the habits that they have. This is the way they communicate or not communicate. Th this is where there's a lack of connection and collaboration. But that doesn't mean that the culture is bad. Mm -hmm. it, it's just the way it is. And it has an effect positively or negatively on the, the production and on the results of, of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, certainly if you words good or bad, I mean, maybe effective or ineffective. I mean, those are yeah. all, yeah. I, I find quite a bit are ineffective. There certainly are some that are toxic as well. That yes. Maybe you know, fall into, we get down in the C and D level, but, but you know, it, 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 I find it so easy to do some really basic things that have a huge impact. Now mm -hmm. to get, get to a minus and up it, that is hard work. And yep. you got to be dedicated to it. I mean, I think you really have to work hard and your people really have to be, you know, in line and, and want to do that. But to go, to get into up near B+, it's not that hard no. to do some basic things and to talk about some things and, you know, and get your people aligned and get them talking about things. And, and yeah, there's so many. I, most companies aren't doing this. No. And I, in my opinion, all it takes is a strategy. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not hard. If you have a strategy, meaning I have a plan, there's certain things that I want to put in place over this period of time, then you're making progress. Right. So it is not hard, right? To get to that A plus, you know, environment and organization, yes, that, that requires a completely different mindset. But, but to make things better, 
so you become more effective as an organization that doesn't require a lot just just having a plan and and being conscious and aware of the fact that hey we could do a little bit better in communication and collaboration and and put the right tools in place so we can create this environment for our for our staff it's not hard right. it's just a matter of knowing where you're going and and having the plan in place to to execute that well, as we mentioned, one of the things uh, that's important is to always be learning something new. And I'm wondering if there's a book that you're reading right now or maybe one that you typically suggest people check out uh, that would be fascinating for our, our listeners to check out. Uh, I'm actually reading a book that is not directly directly related to this conversation. That, that's okay. It, yeah, it's called uh, Can't Hurt Me Okay. from uh, Goggins. I forgot his first name. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's a fascinating book. It's this guy who had an... Um, amazingly negative youth growing up like all this all this adversity and all these challenges that he had as a black man and and with his family and his father died got shot and whatever but he he has this idea that he can callous his mind like he does his his the palms mm -hmm. of his hand when he's working so he 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 describes his life and how he overcame all these obstacles by just using his mind to get over everything right and, and getting getting into this mindset of, well, this can't hurt me either because I can use my mind to get over this. Yeah. So uh, David Goggins, that's his there, name. There you go. Yeah, that was fascinating. Name. We get so many great book recommendations, so I appreciate you bringing that one up. Um, you know, you've talked about a lot of great things here today. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you or get learn more about Connected? And it's connected with that and O, right? Yes. Okay, so that's important to know. But what's the best way for them to, to find out well, more? I wish, I wish all the listeners were on Workplace. So yep. we could uh, connect there, but I, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> um, but the best way to get a hold of me is, is email gus at connected.com or check out my website. And that's C-N-N-E-C-T-E-D. Correct. Con All right. Connected with an O.com was already taken, so I just took the O out. Took the O out. All right. right. Well, we'll make sure that those emails end up to you and not somebody else. So, yeah. Gus, thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, hopefully some, everyone has learned a little something they can take back with them into their work, into their lives, into their careers, and make things better. So uh, next week, I'll be joined by two guests, uh, David Kirsch, another Belgian, two in a row. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Met him in Amsterdam. We'll talk about that later. I'm surprised you don't ask me, do you know him? Uh, well, <laughs> come on. It's a big place. <laughs> I may be American. I'm not completely. Anyways, uh, he's a business consultant and trainer. And then we'll bring in uh, Jody um, Banerjee. And I'm probably murdering her name. I will get it fixed before the next one. But a consultant for uh, Energage. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio brought to you by People G2. 